Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin. And, you know, I don't even think I introduced the good news gals last time. Uh, I, I just, I'm getting back from vacation, which I'll tell you about in a minute. And we've got Michelle Betts here, and we have Jennifer Bishop here, and producer Marie is in for Dave, because Dave's at Disney World, and he's off for like two weeks, isn't he, Marie? Yeah, he is. And before we go any further, I do want to wish you happy birthday week, Angie. Oh, thank you. Birthday Woo-hoo! week. Birthday yes. week, Michelle, is you it know. your birthday, too? Uh, mine was October 4th, so we have birthday month. Because they have a whole birthday so month. How many people in your family have October four, birthdays? Four birthdays. Wow. And I think Andy's... birthdays should be celebrated all month anyway. I, I agree. Right? I mean, or, or let's say year. I no, just kidding. My family thinks that maybe <laughs> like... five minutes is enough. I got one card in my family. No. And I got um, no cake. My mom did make pumpkin bread for my son and made me a separate bowl with pumpkin bread in it and said, this is a special one for you. And then <laughs> I think that was it. There was no like dinner. We had games and stuff. There's no. Yeah. And my husband and then, and then so somebody was, I don't know, we were having like a rough homework night. And I go, hey, it's my birthday. I'm the one that should be complaining. And my husband goes, oh, well, we'll have a special night another night. We'll do something special. So I said, oh, okay, I'll sure. take Gip on that. I'll Can hold you, my breath yeah. waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when is that? Can I'm not a Navy date? SEAL. I can't hold it that long. Right. I, I think it might be Friday. Can we put that on the calendar, please? Might be Friday, yeah. So please. nothing ever happens for my birthday because it's sandwiched in between Sienna's birthday and my dad's birthday so it's literally like midnight happens and it's like oh it's over now it's dad's yeah you know what i mean but uh sienna the the morning after our birthday party at my house she i always like pre-make a big batch of pancake mix and waffle mix and put it in the fridge so they just can make their own pancakes waffles in the morning before school yeah she's a good mom she made me i you know it just makes my life easier because you know they won't eat if they you know yeah a bag of skittles if you're no one's paying attention yeah and a a slurpee yeah kids like and some takis (laughs) right some chips so she came upstairs i was sleeping up in my room on saturday uh, was it sunday morning and she comes up with a pancake (gasps) and a drink of water i was like oh my god she, she like made, made my one day. pancake and water. One pancake. And now I have a, a feeling sweet. that it was maybe supposed to be her pancake. <laughs> and she put too much syrup on there, so oh, she passed it to that me. That is hilarious. But she still brought it to me in bed, and yeah. I was like, my kids have yeah. never done this for me. That's I was, huge. I was very That's excited. That's huge. That just made my That's day. A, I know, because the mom porn. job porn. is really one that is thankless. I have thankless. to be honest with you. Yes. I did take the kids to Disney, and I brought along my sister-in-law, who only has one child, and he's very selfless. Like when we were... We couldn't, the code wouldn't work on the house. We were trying to get in. And so, and I had to work to work and my sister-in-law she likes to second guess everything you did well did you call well when you went to mcdonald's i know the <laughs> line was long but did you go inside i know it was busy but did you go inside like actually walk through the front door and i, I said no i was running late i have to work i didn't go inside i waited 15 minutes in the, the takeout line and whatever the drive-thru and, and and i finally just drove out of the line well why didn't you go inside i'm like okay i'm not three stop. this is so annoying stop oh, so then wow. what does her son do says nothing except brings in all the luggage 
age. So that's how he he's is. He's amazing. put her first, right? He's amazing. He's a really great kid. He he's is. put her first. So she's never had to really put someone else first. So then she's with me and my three kids who are used to being like mom's last, right? And she's like, well, I don't want to go on another ride yet. I want to, let's go get coffee. I'm like, no, they're, they don't want to get coffee. It's about the kids. We're not going to Disney to go get coffee. <laughs> right. You know, and then she's like, well, I'd like to go into one of these nice hotels. Let's go to the California or whatever that one is. No. It's like 1100 a night. And, um, and I want to get a drink. I go, no, they don't want to do that. They don't want to stop and go get a drink. We're at Disney. Like, we paid a lot of money. And we're, and you know how much the tickets are now? Oh, like 177 one, for one day. Because <gasps> you add on this person. max pass. That's, so the, the, the hot park hopper is 167 and it's 10 more. And I'm not kidding you, Marie. It's the first time in 20 years I haven't gotten a, a complimentary press pass. And I've been getting, and I worked for NBC and I worked for ABC and I've worked for uh, the WB station here in Denver and Fox. I've worked for everyone, I think, but CBS. That's who gave me my last job offer, actually, so I could have worked for every one of them. So anyway, with that said, I've always gotten in radio and TV press passes. So I think because I do conservative and Christian radio, I think they think I voted for Donald Trump, which I did, and that they don't like me. And I was turned down this year. It's the first and only ever time. And so then I'm there with my friend and one of the Imagineering guys. We met him. He's working on the Star Wars gig. And so I said to him, I go, you people don't like me now because you think I voted for Trump. And so you hate me. And so I don't get press passes anymore. And he just smiled because he's like, yes, we do. Oh, um, my you goodness. Know, no, but he's my friend's friend. So we were j- joking about it. But I actually think that they would prefer to not support Christian and conservative radio because they think I have a problem with a lot of the things they do. Or like my friend, who's another Imagineering guy, who's gay, said to me, well, you think that I, your religion says that I, I'll go to hell. And I'm what? like, I don't, I, that's not true. The, who, who, whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. It doesn't say if you're purple or you're blue or you're green or you lie or you cheated on your wife or, and that you're not allowed in. There are a lot of people that are Christians who've not led exemplary lives. That's not how Christianity works. But... Anyway, I kind of felt this, um, um, I feel personally, that's why, but my co-host of my other show said, no, it's because they're cheap now. It, it's probably because they're cheap, but I, I will so. say that if you call yourself conservative Christian radio, I mean, someone's mind goes very mm-hmm. far to the right, and that's right, not right. really you. Yeah, that, you want to lump right. you in with like some of these people? Yeah. Some of these people, I couldn't like be Hang. in the same yeah. room with them. I have to turn right. them off when they're talking. Well, we'll have they're to tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to have to talk about the um, the right and left wing marriage. Like, you know, I have the my husband's on the left, I'm on the right. But I, we do meet mostly in the middle, as I do with most of my friends, meet mostly in the yes, middle. Right. I'm not, I think I'm not really... Um, I, I want to hear people. I want to hear where they're coming from. And I don't judge people coming from a different place than I do. And I, I'm also not radical. Like, you're, you're right. I'm right, not right. radical. Me either. And so and I'm not a judger. I'm a lover. Are. Huh? And a lot, like some of the people that you hear the most about that are on that are on the they TV get radio. attention. The, yeah, the ones that get the most attention are really radical. And so they make the rest of the conservative Christians look really bad. I think they can make them look kind of crazy. Exactly. And crazy. Yeah. So so it was difficult for my kids with Auntie Patty um, because uh, I I shouldn't say her. Let's call her. We can't call her Auntie Fatty because she's a fat. Auntie uh, Susie. Auntie Susie. So we won't call her Auntie Patty. We'll just. uh, So forget about that, that I just said that. That's not her real name. It's Susie. It's Auntie Susie. Susie. So anyway. They, um, they're like, they didn't like it that she wanted to do her thing. 
And I said to her once, I'm like, can you just give me a little bit of like, um, uh, I don't know, like she's not techie and we were trying to like get into the park and she didn't have her pass up and she didn't know how to buy it. She didn't know how to this and she's, she's right behind about 10 years older. Oh. And so I grabbed her phone once to scan it so that like 15 more people wouldn't get in front of her like happened the last time when we were going into the entryway. <laughs> we had to wait 10 minutes for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got really mad at us. She's you like, grabbed stop her- it. I can do it. I know how to do it. And we're like, look, you're, you're falling you behind. It's okay. And we're, you know, and so I said, can you just give me like a little uh, uh, grace, like a little free pass? I've, I've got three little kids I'm trying to get through here. My mom is handicapped. She's got a walker. Like I've had to get her parked places and into hotels and whatever. And then she wants to go get her drinks and her coffee and whatever. And my kids, like they were over it. They just didn't. And I said to her, I go, it's really about them. It's not about you and me. It's not. Right. No. And I've I've been out with people like that and I decided I will I will I won't do that again because really? I'm that way I'm with you Me I'm too. like if I'm at a place like that it's all about my kids yeah um, but in Europe sometimes I'd be out with different women who would were more about, about themselves them wine first. And some cheese and yeah I'm I like, mean part of being a mom and people might not agree with us but it's you're in the back seat of life for like 20 years and, yeah. and here's the deal here's the deal because I was the same way you guys are and I, I wouldn't change a, a thing even though my kids being he's better now but I would not have changed a thing and like you said now at 20 he's he's gone Right. So I'm glad right. I made it all about him. Right. Yeah. And now I do get to have a cup of coffee if I want it or a glass of wine or whatever. Um, but I wouldn't have changed one thing. I managed to mix the both very, yes. very oh, well. Yeah, well, and you at my house, it, it goes separate down. Separate things. One thing I do like to do yes. with the kids, and this transitions perfectly to our next interview, is I like to take a group of them and their friends. And Michelle, I know you do that too, where yes. that we bring in other kids from the neighborhood that may not have uh, parents who we are at home too. or available, or maybe they're in foster care. And uh, students... That, that kids that get to take part in these STEM activities, mm-hmm. it's so much fun. And I've taken groups of kids to them the last few years. So joining us to talk about the Bear Alka Rocket Challenge in the sponsored interview is Ray Karens. And Ray is the Senior VP of Corporate Affairs with Bear. And this is the coolest challenge for kids that really gets them interested in STEM. Great to be with you again. And always thank you for your commitment to STEM education. Oh, I, I just, I, the kids have a, such a blast when they go to these types of events, but this one sounds like the creme de la creme. I mean, hello, it's in Florida at Kennedy Space Center, and I explain what this is all about. Bears had a, a terrific program called Making Science Make, Making Science Make Sense uh, for the last 23 years, and it's a commitment where we go out into schools across the nation, usually K through 12, and we help educate kids with hands-on science. Well, we took that program and said, how can we continue to evolve it into a way where maybe we get even older kids uh, excited? Because we need more scientists. We need more engineers in this country. And so we created the Bear Alka Rocket Challenge. And uh, we are excited to say we've got 14 universities across the United States participating. And the, the winner will break a Guinness Book of World Record. That's absolutely right. That is so cool. So let's talk about why this is important uh, to, you know, uh, to, in terms of the need for scientists and engineers and innovators, why are these STEM events important? Is it because it does open up that window and let the kids see what, you know, they could be doing in their future? Angie, we do a, uh, we do a survey every year, every couple of years about STEM education in the United States. And what we continuously find over and over again is that kids begin to lose interest in uh, STEM-based careers, and we're talking about science, technology, engineering, and math, 
in the early days, back in, in the middle school days, and it's especially challenging for young girls and even more so uh, for, for minorities. And so we're always looking at a way to how do we make science and, and, and education exciting? And how do we do hands-on based engagements? So here we are now, we've got 14 universities across the United States where we're gonna whittle it down to about five finalists. Those five finalists will join us down at the Kennedy Space Center, and we're gonna launch some rockets, some rockets based on Alka-Seltzer tablets and water. I mean, what more exciting is that? And by the way, the winner will walk away with a $30,000 scholarship. That is so cool. So what exactly is an Alka rocket? How have these worked, and how well do they work, and how, if, how fun is this for the kids, the young people? So I, I'm, a, I'm a dad of, of three young kids, uh, still school age, and I can tell you, we, we do these at home in our own house because this is probably one of the most fun experiments we have. You take a, some of the kids don't actually know what a 35 millimeter canister is, but you know, unfortunately we do, and uh, you take a little canister, put some Alka-Seltzer in it, put a little water in it, turn it upside down, and you'll watch it pop. And sometimes these things will go a couple of feet in the air. And then we'll explain to the kids about the chemical reaction, how it all works. And of course, the kids, they like to hear that stuff, but then they want to do the experiment again and again and again. It's a lot of fun, but it's a way of putting hands-on science into our kids here in America, get them excited. Well, we thought to ourselves, what if, and that's actually, we started, what if we did this on a larger scale? What if we went to um, engineering students across America and said, build us an Alka rocket that can go to the heights of which we just don't know, hundreds of feet. And funny enough, last year, the University of Minnesota broke the record with a 430 feet rocket they, they, they shot into the air. And we couldn't believe it. We actually saw this thing. Well, in fact, it was so cloudy that day when the rocket went up, we couldn't see where it went. It went higher than most major buildings around, around this country. It went higher than, uh, if you just look at the Statue of Liberty uh, in New York Harbor. I mean, this was a pretty incredible thing. University of Minnesota is coming back. They want to defend their title. They're very excited about this. But it's all about hands-on ex- experiments and hands-on experiences for our kids. You know, it's so cool because I'm watching the Minnesota group and uh, that <laughs> they're so cute because they're so excited. And you can tell how excited these young men are. And is it the same group that uh, you said that, that they're coming back? Is it the same group of guys? It is, the same, it is the same group of students that are very excited. In fact, last year when, when we told them they won, they were talking about how they remember being school-age kids and going to the school library and grabbing that, that Guinness Book of World Records and mm-hmm. looking through it. And, and one of them said, my goal when I was a kid was to break a record. And look, the University of Minnesota team went out and actually did it. So let's see what happens. Again, there are 13 other universities coming in to uh, take these guys on and they're all very excited about this program. All right, it's so neat too because you see some of the, the if you Google it, you can see some of the equipment they use, you know, the PVC piping, that plastic piping and, you know, really basic things, but it's shocking that it went 400 and some uh, uh, feet into the air. That's super cool. All right, so where do we go to get more information because kids may want to get involved in this and start planning for it for the next year? Well, we're, we're asking folks go to uh, our Facebook page, which is, Bear United States, so it's uh, facebook.com backslash Bear United States. They can actually vote on these teams. There'll, there'll be uh, information up there. They can look and see who's, who's submitting for it. You know what's really interesting, too, is we went out of our way to find some of the best folks to help us judge this particular uh, campaign, this program. We have Dr. Mae Jemison, who's an, who is a former astronaut for NASA, first African-American woman in space. We have Cliff uh, Ramson, who is the executive editor of Scientific American, 
and we've got uh, a, a gentleman coming in from the National Association of Rocketry. And I'll just tell you, like, these three have just been absolutely fabulous to us, and we, we can't thank them enough. This is an exciting opportunity for us where we are looking to engage our students here in America, get them excited about science, get them excited about STEM, because we need more of these scientists to help us all live a little, live a little bit longer. And Ray, I always like to, you know, I know we're running out of time, but I always like to ask a personal question. Like, obviously, you have a passion for this, and, you know, you are the Senior VP of Corporate Affairs at Bayer. So what got you, uh, what started your passion for this area of expertise? When, so I, I'm, I'm happy to report that I'm one of the first people in my family to go to, go to college. Uh, oh, my dad was cool. a police officer. He did everything he could to help uh, educate us, to, to look to shoot ourselves to the highest we can be. First one, I got a master's in science uh, when, I, when I was younger as well. But really more importantly, when I look at my own children and I think about their future and, and what's to come in this great country of ours, and I think about how do I help open their eyes to even greater opportunities. And, and then you think about all the kids throughout America and kids in rural, kids in urban areas. What gets me excited is seeing the look on the kids' faces, my own and other children that we've engaged. We, we have made a commitment back in 1995 that we would have a million new STEM engagements in this country by 2020. Bear made that commitment. I'm happy to report that we are almost there. We're actually going to beat it. We're going to beat it by almost two years. We are very excited about this. And again, you see the look on these kids' faces when they're doing science, hands-on science. It is priceless. And it's what keeps me going what gets me excited. It's why we keep coming up with more innovative, exciting programs like this. And so, Angie, I can't thank you enough for bringing attention to this and to so all your viewers out there who get a chance to look at this. This is, a, this is just a way of engaging our students and getting them excited to be, become those next engineers, those next scientists that are going to help us all in this great country of ours. All right, one last thing, because it's so funny you say the looks on their faces, because last year, Tilly took a big group of kids, and they were building Lego cars. And then one of the kids that I <laughs> brought was, is, was in foster care at the time. And just to see him experience some things I don't think he'd experienced before, they did this rocket type thing where you had sandbags on this little trolley like you would use to move furniture and you'd throw the sandbags off and it would propel this thing forward and just the look on his face in the video I got of him it was just priceless it made the whole day worth it to see the joy on his face and the other kids but this kid in particular who didn't get to experience as many things in life as like your children and my children so that was super cool so thank you for what you do and give us the website one more time Ray Absolutely. It's facebook.com backslash bear United States. And Angie, we never know what that, what spark is going to help decide that next kid to become a scientist one day and do something wonderful to help all of us in a great society around the world. So true. Thank you, Ray. Good work. Keep it up. All right. Great talking, Angie. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. It's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Bark Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- 
238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with the truck, and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hey, Angie Austin here. Welcome back to The Good News. We have Cindy, Monique, and Leah here, The Good News gals. And also joining us, Jay Ibsen is back. Jay joined us uh, quite a few months back, and we heard about his uh, journey. And uh, we wanted to have him back to talk more about what he's doing with his life. And uh, his life story involves uh, quite an adventure. Uh, And uh, Jay, we're happy to have you back. Thank you. All right, so Jay, my aunt met you when she went through your museum, and she said, you have to talk to Jay, and of course, I reached out to you. Aunt Ginny uh, told me about you, and so kind of give us a synopsis of um, what, uh, what, you, what your life's journey is, because it's fascinating. Well, when you're talking about synopsis, uh, what year would you like to start? <laughs> Wherever, what you tell people when they say, who is Jay Ibsen? What do you do? Well, most people recognize me by my cowboy hat and the emblem on the hat that uh, I and a friend of mine have designed. It's a menorah with six candles to commemorate the six million that died during the Holocaust. One candle is shorter for the one and a half million children. It has a Star of David which we had to wear when we were in the ghetto and concentration camp. It has a, the Star of David is broken because the families were not reunited after the Holocaust. There is barbed wire all through the menorah for everybody that was incarcerated, Jehovah's Witnesses, gypsies, blacks, uh, anybody that did not suit the Nazi propaganda machine. And uh, it has some blue on it because some of us never lost hope. And it has red on it for the blood that was shed during the Holocaust. And most people recognize me. Uh, when I go to the community, they recognize the hat and then say, are you Jay Ibsen? 
I love. We're looking at a picture of the hat right now and what it stands for. Uh, beautiful symbolism. <clears throat> Let's hear a little bit about your childhood and how um, you know what what you lived through and why that's helped to give you a passion for uh, your work in Virginia with the Holocaust Museum, etc. Well, I was born in Lithuania in 1935. My father was a lawyer and my mother was a businesswoman. And as soon as the Nazis in 1933 passed the laws against Jews not being able to do many things, my father lost his practice because Lithuania adopted all the Nazi laws. So he could no longer practice law and he went into the motorcycle business and was very successful at it. He started with three motorcycles uh, in 1938, and by 1941, his inventory was 40, and when the Russians came in, of course, they've got a fantastic policy, and this country, unfortunately, wants to move to that way. They took all our inventory, and everything that we had, the, the Russians took. So the whole motorcycle inventory, our bank account, and everything was gone. And my father had to find a job. So fortunately, he was able, because he was multilingual and everything, get a job with a Russian cooperative of uh, transportation. At that time, most of the transportation was horse and wagon. Wow. You want me to continue, or you got Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys have questions, or what? No, continue. Continue. Okay, well, the Russians, of course, had made a deal with Hitler to divide up Europe. And when the United States and nobody stopped the Germans from going further up, they went into Poland, they decided they no longer needed the Russians, uh, the, re the reason they got together with the Russians is because the Russians had the biggest military in Europe. Well, when they no longer needed the Russians, they attacked. They came into Lithuania, and we tried to escape with a horse and wagon. Uh, I had a little six-month-old sister at the time, and during our escape, the Germans dropped paratroopers in front of us to keep us from escaping. Some of the Russian soldiers took through the fields and managed to get into the woods and become partisans, and uh, the Jews had to return where they came from. On the way back, because of my uh, uh, six-month-old sister, my mother didn't have enough milk to breastfeed her. We stopped in a farmer's uh, place, and they, those days you got milk directly from the cow, no matter how it was. And, of course, it wasn't pasteurized as we have it and such. And the milk was contaminated. And as soon as we got back home, my sister died uh, from stomach poisoning. Mm. We were put in a ghetto in Brilliant uh, Pole of Slobodka, Lithuania, where everybody had to get in. 27,000 of us were put in a barbed wire compound to protect us, the Germans said, 
from our Lithuanian neighbors that were killing the Jews out in the street. And there were massacres continuously. So we all moved in in the barbed wire compound, and uh, that's where we were until October 28, 1941. At that point, 27,000 of us were forced out onto a field known as Democratic Square, and a German sergeant by the name of Rucker stood in front, lined, had everybody lined up according to family units, went to the head of the family unit and asked him, what is dein Beruf of Luftajude? What is your profession, them Jew? If you were a doctor, a lawyer, a businessman, a rabbi, you and your whole family were sent to the left. If you were a garbage collector, a cobbler, a ditch digger, anybody that worked with the hens, you and your whole family were sent to the right. In one night, those on the left, 10,500 men, women, and children were executed, 4,222 children. My father, when he came to my father to ask what his profession was, my father felt that the right was better than the left. He said he was a car mechanic. He couldn't drive a nail straight. He was a lawyer and a businessman. <laughs> so Rocker told him to take his family and go right. We survived. The next morning, a German with a rifle came to our place where we were staying and said, I'm looking for the car mechanic. My father realized that if he didn't speak up, the whole family could be in danger. He spoke German and he spoke other languages. So he told the German that he was the car mechanic. The German said, come with me. He took him four miles away from where we were, where there was an airport. He took him to the Kwanzaa hut showed him a broken vehicle and said, this is my vehicle, it's broken, can you fix it? My father said, naturally, it's certainly not a problem. Well, how long will it take? My father said, oh, a couple of days. Figuring in a couple of days they would have to take him back inside the ghetto and he could ask his friends that do know how to fix a vehicle, how to fix it. The German said, I don't have a couple of days, fix it now. Well, what seems to be the problem? Well, you the mechanic, you tell me. When I drive it, there is a banking underneath my vehicle. I don't know what the problem is. My father said, I tell you what, I'm gonna lay down on the ground face up and you drive over top of me. Figuring if it drove over top of him and killed him, that's a chance he had to take, otherwise he'd shoot him for lying because there was a norm. My father laid down, the German drove over top of him, and my father realized that the universal joint was hitting underneath the uh, vehicle, and it left a mark. He told the German 
I see what the problem is. I will fix it. Now, my father didn't know what kind of tools to ask for. So he went into the tool room and told the guys, give me an adjustable wrench. With an adjustable wrench and his bare hands, he took the universal joint apart, put it in consequential order, took the biggest piece, went into the parts room and told the guys in the parts room, give me one of these. The guys in the parts room realized and saw what he needed. They gave him the proper universal joint with the proper tools and said, here. He went back under the vehicle, replaced the universal joint, tightened it up, went over to the Germans and said, I've got it fixed. Would you like to try it? The German got in the vehicle, drove it a couple of blocks, came back, said, you're the finest mechanic I've ever seen. You will now be the shop foreman. <laughs> and here is a loaf of bread and some butter for you to take to your family. My father refused the bread and butter because do, bringing that in to the ghetto, that meant you were a smuggler. And for that, they executed you. So he told the German he couldn't take it. The German told him to get into the vehicle, the one he had just fixed. He drove him into the ghetto, right up to the door of our house, and watched him walk in the house with the bread and butter. My mother sliced off a small piece of bread, put some butter on it, and gave it to me. I took a couple of bites and ran out into the street. There were bigger kids there. They were also hungry. One of them came over to me and said, Jay, if you give me your bread, I will give you the small wooden airplane that I nailed together out of a couple of pieces of wood. I didn't have any toys. The Germans had taken everything I had. So it sounded like a good deal to me. I just had a couple of bites of bread. So I gave him the bread, grabbed the airplane, and ran home with it so nobody would take it from me. I'll let you figure out what my mother did to me for giving away my food for a couple of pieces of wood. <laughs> so this, this you know, life you led with your family, obviously your dad saved the family by saying that he was a car mechanic rather than a, an attorney. That has really led you to lead a life educating people about what happened during the Holocaust. Well, my father was really interested in passing on the, left, the lessons of justice. So he originally started, uh, and I went with him because English, his English wasn't quite as good as mine, and we talked to one or two school classes where uh, teachers had found out who he was, and uh, then my father got sick, and I took over, and... There was an exhibit at the Valentine Museum that I, during lunchtime, when people would come in to see the exhibits, I would give an explanation for about 15, 20 minutes about the Holocaust. Bill Martin, who was the uh, 
director of the Valentine Museum, which is a history museum here in Richmond, said, Jay, I've got a group of kids coming to the uh, museum. I would really love for you to give them a lecture on the Holocaust. Well, I joined the Army in 1954. So when they somehow, I don't know how it happened, but I was very skilled in certain fields, and my commanding officer discovered it, and I became an instructor for the 80th Division in the JAG detachment of the 2079th uh, Infantry Unit. So I always used an overhead projector so that people would better understand what I was teaching. So I told Bill Martin, let me think about it, and I contacted the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., because I knew that they had gotten some pictures of things that happened in the Kovna Ghetto. So I called them up, and I said, hey, uh, guys, uh, that was to the people at the uh, archives. I said, this is what I remember in the Kovna Ghetto. Do you have any pictures that fit what I'm telling you about. I'm getting ready to give a lecture to some kids, and I'm sure they don't want to listen to an old man talking. You need to show them something. They said to me, oh, my goodness, your explanation is so vivid, we can give you 20 pictures right now. And sure enough, they sent me the pictures. They were taken by George Cardish, a guy that we actually knew, and he started, uh, the Washington Museum started before I started the one in Richmond. So I used those pictures. And when I took a look at those pictures, I found a picture of myself and my mother behind my grandfather in line to be deported for execution amongst 2,700 other Jews that we've been deported from Kovna, Lithuania, to Riga, Latvia. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, how could that be possible? I should find my own image. I must be imagining it. Well, my father was still alive, but he was retired. So I called him up. I said, hey, let's go out to lunch. He loved going to a Lebanese restaurant where on Friday, for him and some of his Jewish friends, they used to have fried trout. That was kosher. And they would sit down and eat. I said, let's go to Honesty's and have some lunch. I didn't tell them what my ulterior motive was. After we placed our order, I said, look, I've got to give a lecture. And I really would appreciate it if you help me identify some pictures so I don't make a mistake. You know, I don't remember everything. And I slipped in that picture among some of the other pictures that I knew about. Oh, tell us. Okay, we only have two minutes, Jay. We only have about two minutes left. So what did he tell you about the picture? We're dying to know. I'm sorry? We only have like two minutes left. So I want you to, what did he tell you about the picture? He identified me and my grandfather. Amazing. And my mother. He said, that's you guys. So how how were you not killed? How were you not killed? How were you saved? Everybody except my mother and me were the only two that survived. 
Mm-hmm. A Jewish policeman pulled me, that was a friend of my father's, recognized me, pulled me out of line and told me, get on the other side of the fence and take mother with you. Daddy will be looking for you. And that was the driving force behind a couple of friends of mine talked me into building the museum. The and museum. that's another long story. Right, and that's another long story. Jay Ibsen, always wonderful wow. to speak with you. Again, my aunt was able to, in your home, uh, see the museum that you have set up there and hear your story, and she was so touched by that. Jay, is there a website where people can get more info? Uh, Holocaust History Lecturer. Holocaust History Lecturer. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll Thank be right you, back. Jay. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your autumn days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. This year at the YMCA of the Rockies, there is something for everyone during our Fall Fest weekends, starting September 22nd, on September 29th, and also on October 6th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies Fall Fest weekends. This year, we have hay rides, square dancing, pumpkin painting, and a ton more fall games and activities. YMCA of the Rockies is an ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your fall with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. God's Glory Boxes were started to help spread the glory of God, support Christian artists, and feed the hungry. At God's Glory Boxes, they get things from artists worldwide who share their love of God through their art, like paintings, jewelry, t-shirts, and pillowcases. Here's how it works. Go to the website godsglorybox.com. Choose a one-month, three-month, six-month, or 12-month subscription. Use the promo code GOODNEWS5 for $5 off a one-month subscription or GOODNEWS10 for $10 off a longer subscription. You can get God's Glory Boxes for yourself or as a gift, cancel whenever you want, and the best part is that for each box sold, God's Glory Boxes will donate five meals to hungry people in the community. Help spread God's glory today by starting your subscription at godsglorybox.com. And remember to use the promo codes GOODNEWS5 or GOODNEWS10 to take advantage of your special good news discount. Angie Austin, you, but I'm already seeing the Christmas displays up in the stores, and I'm starting to buy a few things to get, you know, ready for the presents and all for the kids. And it's always interesting to hear about spending around the holidays. And sometimes I'm a little shocked by what people spend when I hear the numbers. But sometimes I surprise myself when I actually add up all of my purchases, particularly for the kids. So let's talk about holiday spending, uh, the habits in general, with Catherine Bruce, Manager of Market Insights in the Corporate Strategy and Program Metrics Department of Cotton Incorporated. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's talk about you did a survey. And so let's talk about the results. I'm very curious. Yeah, so we have done the Lifestyle Monitor Survey for over 20 years here at Cotton Incorporated. It's a monthly survey. We talk to consumers about everything about their shopping habits. And one thing we talked to them recently about was holiday gift giving. And uh, we found that consumers, uh, holiday shoppers, are planning to spend about $680 on holiday gifts this season. Um, and they buy for an average of seven people. So that, that totals up to about 
about $100 per person, uh, which is good for the receiver. And uh, for the spender, you're right, it does total up. Um, and we also found that $240 of that was people spent planting planning to spend on clothing specifically you know i love to do the clothing and i actually think we might spend a little more than that mm-hmm. on the kids not in the 680 each but you know a couple hundred probably each and the reason that i love doing clothing is that i kind of kill two birds with one stone because i get my um Definitely. 11 yeah because my 11 year old loves clothes but she needs them anyway so mm-hmm. i feel like i'm giving something that has worth that'll be used uh, rather than you know some toy that might be tossed after a couple of weeks. Exactly. We just had our nine-year-old's birthday and we were so glad that some of his extended family gave him some clothes because that was one last thing that we needed to get for him. And uh, we we certainly will love the day that he just wants socks and underwear um, <laughs> because uh, those are those things you always need to buy. And so it can be a great gift too. You know, the, the three-year-old loves her spinny dresses and, um, you know, we love giving it to her and it's something that she can use uh, every day at every time, you know, well, she would love to every day but she can wear and remember that person who gave it to her and um, you know throughout her day and just kind of think about that and it's something that she can really enjoy so clothing you're right it, it for the giver can kill two birds and for the recipient can be something that they really get to get a lot of use out of well and of course we all want to get you know uh, involved in these the popular sales and so uh, any information mm-hmm. in the survey regarding like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and I know Amazon's big but I like my kids to try on things so I do like to you know go into mm-hmm. the store and I get fearful that some of these mm-hmm. stores are going to go away if we don't actually go in and I don't like ordering clothes online personally because the, the sizes vary so much mm-hmm. and you're not alone you know size and fit and quality are always concerns for consumers when buying online and what we found as we talked to shoppers and in with the holidays and gift giving particularly you know you're not sure is it People like those options. They like to be able to research online and then go in store, and they find benefits from both experiences. Um, I can tell you that, you know, our research is showing that the retail is is not going anywhere uh, in terms of physical stores. So, you know, it's great to go out and, and support. Um, but, you know, we find that consumers still hold a strong place for that in-store shopping. And 73% say they enjoy the experience of shopping, particularly for in the holidays with the music and the decorations and the events. And that's part of what helps them get into that holiday season. Um, Amazon Prime Day, of course, was very popular for many shoppers and for some was the start of their holiday shopping season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's really about providing those options and taking advantage and and mixing and matching and what works for you as a consumer is what we find really is is emerging um, among holiday shoppers. Well, it's certainly handy. I shop the Prime Day, too. All right. Where do we go for more info? So uh, lifestylemonitor.cottoninc.com is our site that gives you all of the research and we have regular features um, of, of what's happened. And then we also have the fabric of our lives.com is general cotton info and clothing. Um, and we also launched a new shop cotton on Amazon store. So, so if you're talking about that Amazon, it's at uh, online shopping. Um, all of those are great places to find more information about what consumers 
consumers are doing and find, you know, what will work for you as a consumer. Well, Catherine, one thing that they did just do that I just did try at Amazon is they have this new deal for clothing Mm -hmm. where some of the items you can try them out and ship them back for free and you get to keep them a certain amount of days. They don't even Mm -hmm. charge you until you send it back. So that actually did help me with the trying on. I kept half and sent half back and you don't get charged. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would certainly uh, learn that in my household because we have a tendency to buy all the clothes and then I look at the credit card bill and, oh, no, it's going to be returned. And so that is something um, we've seen a number of retailers. Uh, free shipping is huge. Um, that's one of consumers' big big concerns when it comes to online shopping. Um, and having those those uh, those uh, that ability to try on and, and meet those boxes and and really what we found is you know consumers have what they like to do in store and the benefits of that and what they like online and we yeah. see so much mixing and matching of that and well, so if you want to do it all one place you can do that if you want to do it all the other that's fine too I agree with you options important lifestyle monitor cottoninc.com lifestylemonitor.cottoninc.com Thank you so much, Catherine. All right, thank you. And good luck on that shopping. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.